best I could remember. Andrew came to church one day and he just never left. Chapter 7 He wanted to be a part of the snake handling movement. Before it was over, he would become my very best friend. After getting to know him, I can honestly say that he was the only man who ever really stayed true to me. I trudged through an awful lot of hell before that could happen, though. Andrew lived in Clarefield, Tennessee, about an hour's drive from Middlesbrough. Andrew didn't start out as one of us. He was a complete outsider, not born into the faith like I had been. Andrew didn't have a single relative sitting out there in the pews. He was just a young guy with a heart of gold who had heard of us through the media. Hi, he announced the first day he showed up. He had a wide grin on his face. My name's Andrew. I've read all the books. I've seen the videos. I want to be part of this church. He was a tall, skinny fella who was always laughing and cutting up. I think some folks might have thought he was there for nefarious reasons, like trying to be a journalist and embedding himself. But he wasn't doing that at all. Andrew's heart was extremely pure. If you know Andrew Hamblin, then you know he has an infectious personality. He was always asking Dad, What do I have to do to become a member of this church? Do I have to sign a book or something? Andrew had come from a Baptist church where they sign a book and say they now belong to the denomination. No, Dad told him. We don't sign a book, Andrew. Not to get saved anyway. If you say you're going to be a member, well then, That's exactly what you are. Even Dad was a little skeptical of him at first. But an enthusiastic outsider like Andrew, who was always so excited and happy, he was definitely a square peg for a while. Nobody really knew him at all. Even Mom would swear up and down he'd come to write a book about us to cover our snake handling ways. So she thought he was there to try and get information. My God, he was only 17. It didn't take long for us all to warm up to him and for him to become our family. One thing I'll say about Andrew, he simply does not give up. He was raised by his grandparents. His mama was basically his mother. She found out Andrew was coming to our church. She discovered he was trying to become a member here, but she never said anything bad about it. His papa Jim, on the other hand, didn't really like the snake handling aspect of our faith. Papa Jim was worried about Andrew, which, of course, is understandable. But Andrew's grandmother loved him so much that she would never even hint that she didn't agree with serpent handling. I don't know for sure if she secretly disagreed with us or not. She never said anything negative against us either way, that's for sure. To Andrew, I really think what his papa thought about us really mattered to him. He really wanted his papa's approval. Andrew was always torn because he really wanted to make my dad happy, who'd become pretty much like his own father, alongside his papa, of course. And Andrew wanted to make them both happy. Eventually, he and his papa just learned not to talk about it, as so many folks are prone to do. Papa Jim probably thought the snake handling just wasn't too biblical. Needless to say, Andrew is accepted in our group. He became a part of our family. He was embraced by everyone, 
everyone except me, that was. Remember that during those times, especially when I started backsliding after praying with my father, I didn't want anything to do with church folk anymore. Andrew was on fire for God, while I had resumed my hell-raising ways. By the time he came around, I didn't want anything to do with him. But still, Andrew continued to try with me. He would invite me over to his house for dinner. Sometimes we'd go out cruising the mountains in his Papa's 1990 Thunderbird. It was a greenish-blue monster with a big old V8 under the hood. It sucked gas like a drain. Can you imagine us? Andrew was hilarious, too. Sometimes he'd spot a drunk driver swerving across the mountain roads. He'd hit the gas and roar past the drunk with that big old V8 humming. Going up the road a piece to wait for the drunkard to come lumbering up the mountain pass. As soon as the swerving car arrived, Andrew flashed his headlights like they were cops. It would scare the life out of those drunk drivers. <laughs> we cackled ourselves silly. The two of us became very close, very quick. And soon enough, Dad even began to call him son. All to say, Andrew never left. He came to church as much as he could. Eventually, he became as my brother. It didn't take long to understand that he had my back, right or wrong. Throughout the years, I should say, he has covered for a lot of my wrongdoing. When no one was there for me, Andrew always was. Now, around that time, right after I broke up with my girlfriend, I picked up my first streetwalker. I had gotten a job as a blaster's helper working for PAP, and they trained me over in Harlan, Kentucky. One day on the way back from training, I saw her walking down the road. I feel so bad about what I'm about to tell you. I pulled the truck over, and she and I went off, and we did the deed. I felt so terrible about it afterwards. I just had to tell Andrew. When I told him, he was so shocked I had done it. But he was also there to listen. I knew I could trust him with anything. The encounter gave me a sexually transmitted disease. I went down to the health department to get something for the infection. Well, somebody who knew Dad saw me down there and tattled on me for being treated for an STD. As soon as I got home, Dad confronted me. What were you doing down at the clinic? He asked me. I really wanted to be honest with him, especially because the night we held hands together and prayed for an hour at the altar. So, I told him the truth. At least I can say that. Andrew was there for my first snake bite, and I was there for his. He and I went through a lot together. I remember his first snake bite as clear as day. I remember it happening on a Sunday. That morning, before Andrew drove over from his house in Clarefield, Dad got up out of bed. He came and got me up. Come on, Cody, he said. Go with me. Where are we going, I asked. The Lord said to go to a certain spot in the mountains, he said. He said there's supposed to be a black rattler there. A big old black rattler. We hopped on the four-wheeler and drove right to the spot. Dad got off and went over to this little brushy area. 
he pulled some weeds back. Lo and behold, to both of our amazement, a big old black rattler was laying right there in the grass. I don't think we ever found another snake in that area again. When we got home, the Lord spoke to Dad again. Take the rattler in the house, and not the snake room, the Lord said to him. It was a strange command. Dad didn't know what it meant, but still, he obeyed. Dad transferred the snake to his pumpkin brown serpent box, which was a clear plexiglass box that was once owned by the greatest serpent handling preacher of our faith, Pumpkin Brown. Pumpkin was one of the most visible serpent handlers we'd ever had. Dad and Pumpkin were very close. That was until Pumpkin got snake bit in an Alabama church and died. The morning Andrew was bitten, Dad took the snake into the house, like the Lord said, and got in the shower to get ready for church. Meanwhile, the moment Andrew arrived, he and I went out to the snake room together. I hit play on the stereo. I believe the song that was playing was God's Got a Fire. God don't need no matches. As the song played, Andrew walked over to the big yellow cage. Inside it were several rattlers. And Andrew carefully slid the cage open to peek in. Then he started to reach inside and grab those snakes, one by one, just grabbing up multiple kinds. Everything was fine till Andrew reached for the last one. All of a sudden, even with the gobs of snakes twisted in his hands, Andrew froze. He turned his head toward me and smiled from ear to ear. What in the world is he smiling at, I wondered. I'm bit, he announced. A rattler had gotten him on his arm. I was shocked. Well, Andrew, I said, this is probably not good, you know. Rattlesnake bites were nothing to play with. I walked over to him to see how much damage it had done. As I did, it dawned on me what the morning's hunt had meant. I knew why God had instructed Dad to take the other rattlesnake inside. The snake my dad had found that morning was enormous. If Andrew had been bitten by that snake, it probably would have killed him. Not to say that Andrew was in the clear by any stretch. This serpent bite, I quickly discovered, was going to be an ordeal. Mm-hmm.